Romans chapter 6. Keep your Bibles out, lick your finger, you're going to use it tonight, I promise you. Uh, so Romans chapter 6, start, let's start reading in verse number 14, you follow along. And we're going to talk tonight about this topic of law and grace. Law and grace. And I think some of you, uh, it's going to be brand new to you. Some of you, it's going to prick you because it's not anything that you've ever heard in your whole life because you've been taught wrong. But I'll show you from Scripture exactly what God says, not what I say. And you can take it up with God from there. How's that sound? But Romans chapter 6, look at verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but, if, uh, but ye have obeyed from the heart, from the uh, form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. Notice that statement. Being made free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness. Wow, what a powerful verse. What happens is when you get saved, you are no longer under the bondage of sin and the penalty of sin. So you are made free from it. And you're made a servant to righteousness. We don't get salvation by righteousness, our righteousness, but by his righteousness. Now, let's keep reading. Verse 19. But I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now, watch this. This topic of law and grace is about a law that is physical or spiritual. It's a physical and a spiritual law or grace. Look at verse 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness into iniquity, uh, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things whereof you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, there is much said in the Bible about, or in our world today, especially religion, about law and grace. Let me say again, religion is man telling God how God must accept man. Christianity is, thus saith the Lord, and we obey what God says. We're not to tell God what he's to accept with us, we're to obey him. We're to, we're to do what he put in his word. These are the living words of God. Now, some go so far as to say, and they say wrongly, that the Old Testament is law and the New Testament is grace. That is as far from the truth as the devil is God. That is not a true statement, and I'll show you. That is part of man's religion and man wanting to say that he's good enough to get it on his own. 
Let me remind you, the law saved no one ever. No person has ever been saved by the law. There was no law that man who in his sinfulness could keep that would merit salvation. Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 3. Just back a few pages. Romans chapter 3, look at verse number 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the what? Law. There shall be no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Ah, so the law didn't save anybody. The law brings you to the knowledge that you are a sinner. It has nothing to do with being saved other than making you realize you need to be saved. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. That's two Corinthians in there. First and second. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse uh, 21. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Hang on. Sorry about that. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, so, uh, for verily, if uh, life could have been given by the law, righteousness should have been given by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, not keep the law. So go to Galatians chapter 2, just back a page. Look at verse number 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 16. And I'm cutting out about 50 verses of this right now because we don't have time. But Galatians chapter 2, look at verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified, saved, brought in line, uh, made righteous in God's eyes, the word justified, by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, not even your faith, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So we are not saved by law. No one in the Old Testament ever kept any law that would save them. What some people think the law is are the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are civil law. They had nothing to do with spirituality. That was the constitution of the Hebrew people in the wilderness that they were to take into Canaan land. And those were the ten laws by which they were to be governed. Had nothing to do with spirituality. Uh, now, uh, the Ten Commandments are not the law. The moral laws, the Levitical laws, all of those were to keep the Hebrew people clean. They were to keep themselves pure. It was making them the people that they were supposed to be, but none of the keeping of those laws ever merited salvation. Even the Levitical laws, those were meant for the picturing of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, then how did people get saved in the Old Testament, preacher? I'll show you very simply. 
in the Old Testament, if Calvary is that pulpit, in the Old Testament, people looked ahead at what Jesus would do to get them to heaven. In the New Testament, we look back at what he did do to take us to heaven. The Old Testament had sacrifices. Why did they have sacrifices? Because Jesus had not yet come and died, shed his blood at Calvary. Jesus said, do away with that. By the way, at Passover, he said, do away with it. And he started something called the Lord's Supper. He said, you don't need the blood anymore. I'm taking care of that. And the New Testament equivalent to the Old Testament sacrifices is the Lord's Supper. And we don't need the shedding of bulls and uh, the blood of bulls and goats and uh, all the doves and everything else. Why? Because he already came and shed his blood, put it on the mercy seat in heaven for us. Bless God. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, we'll get there later. Don't turn there. Y'all are digging for it. Hang on. Uh, Hebrews 11 tells you about people that were saved before what you call the law. What do you do with the 25, 2700 years of history prior to Moses? That's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, and that what? That is a pronoun. Renames the previous noun. And that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Say, what do you mean? That faith is not even ours. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. Turn there, you're in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. The Bible says this. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of what? Faith. Faith. God even gives us the faith necessary to get saved. We are not saved by our faith. We are saved by the faith of Jesus Christ. And that is the gift of God that he gives us. And we put that faith in him. By grace, we're saved. Now, help us. Here we go. Did you know that that was good for all ages? For by grace, are you saved through faith? Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13 says, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there were different salvations, God's not God. Well, people got saved in this dispensation this way, in this dispensation. No, 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 no. No, people got saved the same way. They were... Uh, now... Romans 6.14 and all of chapter 7, from Romans 6.14 all the way through the end of Romans chapter 7, deal with this topic of law and grace. We're going to talk about it. Now, don't start reading chapter 7 yet. Hang on. Now, let me say this. The laws by which we live morally were never given for spiritual life. Moral laws, key word there, moral, mortal, human, not spiritual. 
You go through the moral laws of the Old Testament. It talks about, uh, and by the way, if we lived by the moral law of the Old Testament, we wouldn't have the problem we have in America today. It talked about crops. It talked about uh, how to treat animals. It talked about how to treat people, different diseases, different types of diseases, how to keep things clean, sanitation. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But none of those things get you saved. Not one of them. They were to keep man clean and to keep him uh, cleaned up so that he wouldn't be as vile as people are in our world today. In the, old, in the Bible, people understood what a man and a woman was. They understood two bulls don't make a cow. They understood two roosters don't have eggs. It wasn't real hard. Well, I take it up with God. I just preach what's there. Now, uh, man in his uh, in his desire to be his own God, Genesis chapter three. In the day thou eatest, thou can be like gods, knowing good and evil. You can choose good and evil. Man has been in a race to be his own God since the Garden of Eden. Now watch this. Therefore, he tries to make himself better than everybody around him. So we think if we keep the laws better than someone else, we can merit salvation. Can I tell you something? That's what the Bible called Pharisees, Sadducees, hypocrites. What were they? Well, we kept the law. We tithed. We did this. We did, we, we did the fast. We kept the Sabbath days. We did all this. According to Colossians chapter 2, all those, they were nailed to the cross. There's no need for them. There's no need for the Old Testament dietary laws. By the way, those weren't intended for everybody, only the Hebrew people. That was one of the ways that people knew that they were Hebrew. Now, listen to this statement very carefully. If you miss everything, don't miss this. None of the laws were spiritual. They are either for the body, physical, or the soul, which is mental, and our personalities. There's not one of the laws of the Old Testament that were spiritual. Not one. Go through and look at them. They're not there. They cannot merit salvation. They cannot merit spiritual life because they have nothing to do with the spirit. They only have to do with the body and the soul, not the spirit. So the laws are to keep man clean and right with his fellow man. It cannot make you right with your God. Did you know you can get a speeding ticket, amen, Brother Steve, and still go to heaven? Oh, that was Chris. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. You got three more fingers pointing right back at you. <laughs> now, <laughs> now uh, that's why once you get saved, you don't lose your salvation if you sin. Because it's not a matter of keeping a law that got you saved. You were saved by grace, not by the keeping of a law. 
Boy, that's good stuff. Somebody shout amen. Uh, Our selfishness to be the best creates this magnification of a law to turn it into something spiritual when it is only physical or soul. Now, let me show you what I mean. Number one, the law all men are under is the law of sin and death. When God says that you're not under law, but under grace, he's not talking about what you would know as the Mosaic laws. The ones that were given to Moses in Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, the moral laws, the Levitical laws, the temple or the tabernacle, all those things, all the Sabbath days and the holy weeks and all those kinds of things. None of those things got anybody saved. They had nothing to do with meriting salvation. God says the law that we are all under is the law of sin and death. Now watch this. Go to Romans chapter 6 again. Look at verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Now look uh, at verse uh, 19 again. But I, I speak after the manner of men because of the what? Infirmity of the flesh. Guess what? Once you get saved, your body doesn't stop dying. Your body is still facing the consequences of us being a sinner. Mercy does not take all punishment away. Mercy lessens the sentence. But it does not remove all the punishment. So God says, I'll take care of you spiritually, but your body, look at me, your body is going to be under the law of sin and death. Your spirit will not have to be, but your body will continue under that infirmity of the flesh. Let me finish that verse with you. Uh, but I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your member servants to uncleanness and to the iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye your member servants to righteousness unto holiness. Oh, we can still live a spiritual life in a sinful body, but our sinful body is still going to die. I hate to tell you something. We're all going to face death if the rapture doesn't happen first. Now, personally, I'd rather go by the upper taker than the undertaker, but either way, we're going. That's just a fact. Whether you're saved or lost, look at verse 23. For the wages of sin is what? Huh. Did it say for the wages of sin for the lost person? No, it just said the wages of sin is death. That's your body. But your soul and your spirit, if you're saved, are saved by the righteousness of Christ unto holiness, and they're preserved, and we get a new body. And God will give us that new body because of his grace and us being saved. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Look at verse number 19. 
For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That was Adam. So by the obedience of one, that's Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto, watch this, eternal life. That's not physical, that's spiritual. Unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So salvation takes away the eternality and the death of the spirit is reborn. And that's what sin does, or but grace does. But our body still feels the effects of our sinfulness. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. God says it, therefore, a bit more clearly. Therefore, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now watch this. For the law of the what? Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of what? Oh, that's the law. The law is the law of sin and death. But in salvation, we have the law of life and righteousness by Christ Jesus. Look at verse number four. I'm sorry, verse number three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus had to come live a sinless life in the body of a believer to conquer the law of sin and death. Do you remember what the Bible says in the book of Revelation that after Jesus resurrected, it says that he got the keys of death and hell. Why? Because he unlocked the spiritual life for every human being to trust Jesus Christ as Savior and he holds the keys, not the devil. You couldn't die and go to hell if you got saved no matter what you did. Because it's eternal by salvation, not merited by your righteousness, and not negated by your unrighteousness. Now, look at Romans chapter 7. Look at verse uh, chapter 7, verse number 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak unto them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. What is that law? The law of sin and death. Uh, skip down to verse number six. But now we are delivered from the law, that being what? Dead. Wherein we were held that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Notice one's going from physical to spiritual. The law is the law of sin and death, which is physical. The new life is spiritual. It's eternal life. It is the life of Christ in us. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Romans chapter 7, verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. We'll come back to this passage in a second here. 
John chapter 3, Jesus and Nicodemus, behold, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Not physically, spiritually. Salvation is something that is spiritual. The law brings you to the recognition that you cannot do it on your own. But it does not save you. Uh, Romans chapter 7, we're still there. Look at verse number 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. That's not talking about your spouse. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, that's what the Bible is talking about, that we are new creatures in Christ. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. But when you get saved, you do not lose your old nature. You add a new nature to it, and there is a war that's constantly going on. Will you yield to the flesh or to the spirit? And that is what's being talked about here. Now, so the law is a universal law that all men, all human beings are sinners. And because of this, we are going to die. That's what Romans 6.23 says. For the wages of sin is death. Proof we're all sinners, we're all going to die. Plain and simple. That is a universal law. Whether you're Muslim, Hebrew, Catholic, alphabet soup crowd, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, or whatever. I don't care if you're an atheist. The wages of sin is death. It is not a respecter of persons. Every human being faces death. Now, getting saved does not stop physical death. Can I help you with something? Quit judging God when somebody dies. Oh, I don't think God should have took them. God didn't take them. Sin did. I often ask people, well, uh, I just wasn't ready. Well, let me ask you a question. At what age is it appropriate for somebody to die? If you say 85, Brother Jim, you outdid it. Pops, we better hurry up. <laughs> You're staring at the face. Now, wait, amen. Now, wait a minute. So at what age is it appropriate? Quit playing God. And by the way, God doesn't determine it. Sin does. God didn't bring death. Sin did. The wages of sin is death. Not the wages of God. The wages of sin is death. Death was brought by the devil and sin, not by God. And this law of sin and death is on every human being. The mercy of salvation means we only die physically, but the gospel gives us life and peace. How is that? It saves our spirit and our soul. So we will never die eternally because when we get saved, we get the eternal genetics of God that move into our heart because we have a new father. The genetics were passed from the father to us. 
Whoo, glory to God. That's what regeneration, regeneticizing. We get the eternal genetics of God and the Holy Spirit conceives with our spirit and we have an eternal spirit that lives inside of us. Now watch this. That means we can't die. Only our body can. Only our body can. Two and a half years ago when I did my mom's funeral, my mom wasn't dead, just her body was. She was alive. If you read that little booklet on death, you find out she's been alive for two and a half years. She started eternal life. She really started living. You talk about living it up. She can't get any higher than that. She really living it up. Now, uh, so death only brings physical death to the lost or to the saved. To the, to the lost, there's eternal death because they have a dead spirit. Their spirit is still dead from sin. That's what death and hell is. Now, I've got to hurry. Here we go. Point number two. Grace or faith allows us to avoid the worst part of the law and takes care of the eternal part. Faith and grace takes care of the worst part of the law. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Look at verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Brother Aaron, God knows and everybody else does that you're a sinner. We could ask Jennifer and we really find out some things. Amen. Now, wait a minute. But when Aaron got saved, guess what? All the sin was wiped away in God's eyes. Past, present, and future. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ was added to your account. And in God's eyes, you're as perfect, righteous, and holy as Jesus Christ. Now watch this. That doesn't mean he's not going to die. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You don't stop sinning because you got saved. You didn't stop sinning to get saved. Everybody doing okay? Now, I think once you get saved, you'll sin less. But it doesn't mean you'll stop. Uh, Romans chapter 6, 14, we went through that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, turn to Galatians chapter uh, 2. We were there once already. We're going back. I want to show you something here. Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse number 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live, now live in the what? Flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you could get saved by any law, then what Jesus did was worthless. Worthless, vain, unnecessary. Uh, Turn to Galatians chapter 4, look at verse number 21. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in the bondage with her children. This is the battle we have between the Muslims and the Jews. Now, you have to understand something. Look at me very carefully. Abraham was more than 500 years before Moses. So what was the law? The law of sin and death. It wasn't the Mosaic laws. It wasn't the Abrahamic covenant. It was the law of sin and death. By the way, uh, well, we'll get there. Grace, by its very definition, cannot be gotten by law. Do you know what the definition of grace is? Unmerited favor. It is something that cannot be earned. Grace is something that has to be given. It cannot be earned. The law of sin and death is of the body and it's still in effect, but by grace it does not affect the soul and the spirit of those who are saved. But we're still sinners. Now, number three, the Old Testament laws to the Hebrews, not the Jews, the Hebrews. There's a difference between a Hebrew and a Jew. Hebrew is a race. Jew is a religion. God was not the God of the Jewish religion. He was the God of the Hebrew race. He said, I'll make unto me a people, a nation, not a religion. Turn back. So the Old Testament laws to the Hebrews did not ever save them. It made them unique. Turn to Exodus 34. All the way back to the second book of the Bible, Exodus 34. I think I'm going to finish on time. Exodus 34. Key word there, I think. Uh, Exodus 34, look at verse number 8. I'm going to read several verses here. Follow with me if you will. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found grace, oh, not law. If I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For this is a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity. 
our sin and take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all thy people I will do marvels, such as ye have not done in all the earth nor in any nation. Notice the word nation, not religion. And all the people which are among, uh, which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and the Mosquitoite. I mean, uh, take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy the uh, altars, break their images, cut down their groves, for thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee that thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go in whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods." None of those laws had anything to do with going to heaven. None. Exodus chapter 40, just a few pages over. Look at verse number 34. Exodus 40, verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I'm sorry. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, they journeyed not until that day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeyings. Those things were given so that the the Hebrew people knew what to follow, when to follow, where to follow, and it made them unique. I'll show you what I mean by this. Hebrews chapter 11. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to hop, skip, and jump through Hebrews chapter 11. I'm just going to mention things and fly because I don't have time. Hebrews chapter 11. Some would call this faith's hall of fame. You can read Hebrews chapter 11 later, but I want you to notice something. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 4. By faith, Abel. Oh, Abel, that is the son of Adam and Eve, correct? Was Abel before Moses? Was Abel before Abraham? Huh. So by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Huh. So Abel was saved by faith. Cain offered the works of the flesh, and it was not accepted. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5. By faith, Enoch was translated. Enoch was long before Moses, 1,500 years or more, probably 2,000 years. Verse number seven, by faith, who? Noah. Huh. 
If you went to Genesis chapter 6, I believe, chapter 7, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How? By faith. It didn't say by keeping the law they found this. This was before there was a law. They were looking ahead to what God would do by faith. Look at verse number 8. By faith, Abraham. Look at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promise. Who are all those? That's the 500 years from Abraham until Moses came to lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. All 500 years worth of those Hebrews being saved in, in Egypt during that time. It says, and all these all died in faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 17. By faith, Abraham. Now watch this. When he was tried, offered up Isaac. That he received the promise, offered up his only begotten Son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that uh, God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received in him a what? Figure. I'm not much into types, but when God says something's a figure, it's a figure. When Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, I'm sorry, uh, Isaac, Abraham, yeah, Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Watch this. God said, I'll provide myself a lamb. Isaac was not a child. Isaac was an adult in his 30s. If you go back and read it, he was a young man. He wasn't a kid. He was willing to lay down his life and obey what God said, even at the cost of his life. Abraham drew the knife back and was ready to plunge it into Isaac's chest because God said, look, I'll keep my seed through your seed. God said, hold on, I'll provide myself. And there was a ram in the thickets. And God said to Abraham, don't do it. God provided himself. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And God said that is a picture of what Jesus and God the Father did for you and I for salvation. How did they get it? By faith. By faith. Not by the law, but by faith. Look at verse number 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Hmm. By faith. Now watch this. Look at verse 22. By faith, Joseph. So all these people are long before what we call the law. God said they were made righteous by what? Faith. So it wasn't faith in a law. It was by the grace of God. By the way, the laws of the Hebrew people were civil and moral and priestly because the priests were to govern God's people. The Hebrew people were to be governed by the men of God who answered to God directly. That's why in 1 Samuel, they, they were tired of the judges. They were tired of the priests and the prophets that were living immorally. And they said, give us a king. 
God intended for the Hebrews to be run by a man of God. I got to finish. Now turn to Romans chapter 7. Many of you have read this and scratched your head till you got splinters in your fingers. Romans chapter 7, and I want to help you with this passage. We read several of these verses down to verse 14 or so, but I want to read on a little bit. Let's start reading in verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I do, that for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If I then do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now when there, uh, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Sound familiar? Now, if I do that, I would, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that... So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Starting to make a little more sense to you? That law of sin and death. Yeah, your body, your flesh, and your carnal life before salvation and after salvation is at war with the spirit. And the body will one day continue to die. And sometimes your spirit will yield to the flesh. But guess what? You're not going to die and go to hell because your spirit yielded to the flesh. You're still going to heaven. Because all that was cared for by the blood of Jesus Christ by faith and grace. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So, <laughs> we're no, once you get saved, you're no longer under the law of sin and death. Oh, the moral laws, still good for us by which to live. Ten commandments, still good for us by which to live. No need for the priestly laws because Jesus was our high priest and took care of that. That's why I'm not wearing a dress or a half million dollar grapefruit on my head. You ain't going to call me father. There's only three that do that, and they don't even do that anymore. It's Paul Paul now. Praise the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Can I tell you something? Uh, we don't need some of those, but those are still good things. We're not justified by the law. For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. 
If we're not justified, it doesn't mean that we lose our salvation if we don't do it either. We didn't do something to get it. You don't do something to keep it. For by grace are you saved through faith. And people were saved by faith long before there ever was what you call the law. The law that we're all under is the law of sin and death. Not the Mosaic laws, not the Abrahamic covenant. The law of sin and death. What's the, what's the meaning of law and grace? We're not under the law of sin and death. Once you get saved, you're under the law of grace. Taken care of by Jesus Christ himself. That is the real teaching of law and grace. The Old Testament's full of grace. It's full of faith. Did you not read Hebrews 11? It went all the way back to the book of Genesis. <laughs> Talking about by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, not by law, not by law, not by law, by faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Maybe we just ought to read the Bible for what the Bible says. Maybe we ought to thank God that we're under grace once we get saved. We were never saved by the law. May we get adjusted rightly.